Radio. We are ready to start. Taki, we're back at it Good again. Good afternoon. Guys, we're back. It's another Friday with Taki. How you guys doing? And we have a very special interview today, don't we, Thomas? We do. I always like to plan plan things um, for, for after Mr. Jurassic. I think there's there, we, we, we can bank on all of you who are listening. Um, it's going to be a really interesting interview. Um, look, I mean... Essentially, the Unfiltered Youth team have started a bit of a revolution, I think. Um, you know, the, 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 the amount of social media outcry um, is incredible. And what, what I've seen is it's been sustained, which is also amazing, you know. If you guys were here with us two weeks ago, we started a conversation about rape culture. And we will be continuing this conversation right here with the Alcove team. I'm very excited for this. And I think that it will make a lot of impact. I want all privately owned radios to be immediately impounded. For the students, by the students. They might be used to issue instructions to saboteurs. Red Radio. Oh, I can't believe it! Right, so we're in studio, in our virtual studio, coming to you from seven different places. Cape Town, Joburg, Santon, you name it. We're with the Alcove team and we're with Robin. Hello, everybody. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for, for, for joining us. So um, I'm just going to go around. Um, there's plenty of people on, on here. Um, and if you just want to uh, let us know, um, you, you know, just say hi to everybody. Um, we can start with um, Luyanda. <laughs> Your mic's on. Oh, hi, guys. I'm Luyanda, the vice chairperson of Alcohol Hi. Hello. Um, moving on. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Cool. Okay. Maybe everyone can give us a little short introduction so we know the 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 listeners can know who. Tom, um, I recommend we start with our famous uh, host, uh, the, the one and only, the leader of um, of this amazing team, uh, Mr. Robin Galloway. So, Robin, I think uh, this is your time to shine. Okay, so hi guys. Uh, for those of you that don't know me, I am Robin Galloway. I am 17 years old and I have started the Unfiltered Youth. So it sort of started a few weeks ago. I went on a live speaking about colorism in the industry, the modeling industry. And from then, it's just sort of been growing. Uh, the following week, we spoke a bit about rape culture. Last week, we spoke about... Um, uh, toxic relationships and this week we are tackling race racism colorism privilege uh, the n-word and yeah it's been a really crazy journey but i've enjoyed every single moment did you when when you started doing these lives i mean did you anticipate the the mass you know youth that have just you know come on and, and supported everything that you've been doing um well honestly speaking you know like it's it was so surreal um, to see the feedback that was given on these lives. Uh, after the first one, a lot of people were asking me when I'm going to do the next one. Uh, everyone wanted me to continue the conversation. Um, and then a few days after that, uh, Vudi reached out to me and wanted me to come and join the team, start my own team. And, you know, I honestly did not expect the amount of support and the amount of love that I've got from all of this. 
And yeah, I just really hope that we can continue growing. So, Zavudi, I mean, essentially, you're you're in 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 charge of of Alcove, and you you're the I don't know what your official title is, but I know you're the, <laughs> the big boss. I mean, what 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 interests you about um, Robin and and all this you know things that she's been talking about? Well, uh, to be honest, Thomas, um, I've I've known Robin for a while. Robin has been a good friend of mine for uh, quite quite the quite the number of years we've had our few um, moments and uh, I, I I came across Robin going on this live uh, talking about issues and I said you should be given a platform where you should actually express yourself without having to fear much mm-hmm. right a platform where it's controlled and we can maintain and ensure that you are always seen in the greatest light and you can express yourself and ensure that everyone follows this mission to better the youth which is something that I'll call strongly believes in hence why it was one of the best partnerships i think leanda and i can agree when we partnered up with uh, robin it was uh, it was one of the most strategic things i've done in, in, in business personally and uh, robin has um, managed to change uh, a lot of people's views and and for that uh, i think uh, we couldn't have done it alone we needed robin to get out there and speak and of course us being Robin's Yoda and uh, Robin being the public's Yoda, I think that, that that allows all of us to, you know, work together. Don't you want to tell us a little bit about Alcove and what Alcove does, just so we can, you know, sure. give everyone a little background? Uh, well, um, Alcove is a brand for the youth, by the youth. Uh, we believe that in everything that we do, the youth should be empowered and be capable of reaching their goals. And we want everyone to essentially grow and um, we want to encourage the youth to feel like they have a voice, right? Mm-hmm. In, a, in a society where uh, you get restricted based on certain issues and whatnot, what yes, we want everyone to come on and say your piece. Even if we believe you're wrong, you should still be capable of expressing yourself. You yep. shouldn't feel restricted. Exactly, because that's what I, I found with the lives. Because obviously, I mean, there's a very liberal and, and, and informative view on things and, and, and much yeah. ahead of the time. And But when people want to bring on a, a, a discussion point that, you know, it may, may not be uh, supported by majority of the people who are on it, you know, Robin, you allow that conversation to be had. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that one thing... Um... I was working with the team this week on trying to find a definition for what unfiltered is. And definitely one thing that's very important to us is bringing about change that has stemmed from the conversations that we've had. And in order to bring about change, you need to know all viewpoints, you know? And so, you know, a lot of the time, my views uh, align with a lot of the viewers. And so sometimes it's very easy to get wrapped up in this whole we all agree. And so nothing constructive tends to come from it. But, you know, sometimes when you have an opposing view, not only does it make you think about the other people that potentially have that view, but it's also seeing where the gaps are. And it's about seeing, okay, so we see differently, but why do we see differently? What change can be made so that we can all move forward in a productive way? Uh, and essentially, and I think that's that, that that ties to a lot that you've been doing. And I think a lot of the people who have been watching, I mean, I, I look at people, okay, I mean, Robin has a lot of, you have about 4,000 followers, for for example, and your interaction rate is, is, is incredible. You know, it doesn't go down. There are people who tune in. I mean, the social media outcry that I have seen, I mean, I make it when I know that Robin's going on. 
I know that I want to be there. And I know that there's hundreds, literally hundreds of other people who also want to be there. Is, is that not overwhelming for you? Um, I won't lie to you. Initially, it was very, very, very nerve-wracking. Um, I think the scariest part about the entire thing is that if I were to say something that people find was like out of line, then there would be this whole like cancel culture thing. And that's one of the things that we spoke about in the first week that I was working with Woody and the team. And so, you know, obviously that's very, very nerve-wracking. Um, but I think that we are starting to grow a community in which everyone feels supported no matter what their view is. Mm -hmm. So it's more about education, even though we might have differing views. Um, it's about education and about growing our community in a constructive way. You know what I mean? And so, of course, yeah, initially it was really, really, really scary because there were a lot of people watching me. And if I said the wrong thing, then it would just become a big issue. And, but, you know, I, I think that, I was able to grow a community very fast, but also a community of people that will continually come back to educate others, you know? And I think that for me, the most important thing that I want to say today is that I'm so, so, so grateful to every single person that continuously joins and continuously is part of the conversation because you guys are the people that keep the show going, you know? Exactly, and obviously, I mean, uh, I mean, Larai, you're on the on on the team. Um, you're you're an influencer. I mean, I'm a big fan. Um, you know, how have you found the whole journey uh, from your side? I mean, I watched your live. You were incredible when you were on with Robin. How have you found it? Um, I think number one, the best part about being part of the Unfiltered Youth is that we have such an amazing team. Yes, Robin is the face, but we are all supporting each other literally night and day we are planning content in the morning we are literally typing out okay what are we doing this week and we need to make sure that um we have content done for like the next month but we're also you know changing um what we're talking about according to what exactly is going on at the present moment so number one it's very challenging i am kept on my toes from morning to the next morning um, but because I have such an amazing team, I mean, Robin and I really click so well. Um, and, you know, it, the, the crazy thing is that Robin and I haven't even met. Like, we were talking about this the other day. And the fact that, like, yeah. we can connect so well with our laptops and our phones. And the fact that we, we, you know, we're on the same wavelength, if I can say. So it's just, it's so amazing to work with this team and also to be able to reach out to our audience and to build such an amazing audience that is really engaging and interacting with us. It's so beautiful to see. And I'm really excited for the growth of the Unfiltered Youth because, I don't know, to everyone that's listening right now, you guys have to watch out for us because we're definitely coming here. I'm just very interested in the process. I mean, creating content is very difficult. It's strenuous. How do you guys make sure that you keep it fresh and interesting for the people that are, you know, watching your lives? You know, I think um, the most important thing that we've learned in terms of creating content is the fact that everything that we need is in front of us, right? Um, any conversation that we're unsure about having or if we're running out of ideas, we know for a fact that, like, there's so many DMs that come through my account. There's so many um, DMs that come through the Unfiltered account, which allows us to see what people want to talk about. 
um, if we go to Twitter right now, we can find 10, 20 things that we should put in place to speak about for the next like six months. And so I think that is how we've structured it. So depending on what's happening at the time, we're able to shift things around. So we generally have an idea of where things, where we want things to go and different topics that we want to speak about. But obviously we're able to move that because social media is what keeps this going. And social media and what people are talking about is what keeps this going. And obviously we still want to remain um, relevant to the topics that are being spoken about today. Exactly. So we're going to be getting into our conversations now. Um, obviously, you guys, as I said, you guys have created a revolution in all um, in all senses of the word. So I wanted to start off by asking, I mean, there, there's, a, there's eight people here, um, and I think we can have an incredible conversation. I mean, looking at the LO curriculum in terms of South Africa, um, what do you think is missing in terms of teaching students about sexual assault? I think um, when we uh, talk about uh, educating people on uh, sexual assault and rape culture, we need to, I don't know if you guys have seen that triangle that, um, that uh, talks about the rape culture and whatnot, what yes, right? So we need to apply that. Locker room talk and things like that need to be beat out of the youth of today. Right. You can't you can't start a revolution without talking about it, if I'm making sense. Uh, you need to sit down and go, OK, I need to sit down with my friend Taki and go, Taki, listen, right. There's a problem. Right. Something has to be done about it. But so, I mean, now we've seen this movement. It's no longer locker room talk. It's, you know, it's WhatsApp group talk. So how do well, you? How do you address that? Because you know, I mean, we have to call our friends. Uh, when your friends do wrong, I, I think that's when we all sit down and we have to go, okay, cool. I need to call you out for what you've done, right? I need to tell you that what you're doing is wrong and that there is a better way. You need to, you can't keep protecting the wrongdoers. You need to expose them for what they're doing and correct them. It's not just about exposing them, but you also need to educate them. I, I don't know if everyone on my team disagrees, but I, I think that's one thing that I firmly believe in. And do you think... Um, I, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Um, I think from my side, uh, back to Thomas's point, I think the one thing that is definitely missing, um, the school that I go to, um, we have these workshops on upon workshops about what are the pillars that hold up the patriarchy? What are the pillars that perpetuates these kinds of conversations, these kinds of things that are being done, right? And so I think that in some schools, these things are being spoken about, but in others, it's just not happening, you know? And I think that if all schools were to have at least one workshop every two months, I think that would really make a difference. Because at the end of the day, I think a lot of the stuff that is spoken about in lo like whilst locker room talk is going on, these are things that have been ingrained in our mind for so long, you know, and it's about breaking that cycle. And it's about asking yourself, are you part of the problem? And I think that that's where education comes in, because once you start to find out how people feel, how people think, what other people's opinions are, that's when you are able to recognize if you are part of the problem or not. And also, I'd just like to add, in regards to the ALO system and what we learn at school, I think we can all agree the problem started 
when our teachers would teach little girls how not to get raped or how not to get sexually assaulted. The pro- it should be the other way around. You can't teach someone how not to get raped. We're told, um, when we go out, we're told, um, no, be safe, do this and do that and do that and don't do this. It's not up to me to be safe. You can't say be safe and expect it to happen. It starts to teaching the boys how to respect women and not just mm. women that they're attracted to, all women from grade four, grade three, whenever we start, oh, that's the first discussion we should always have. And not just discussing the surface level things, but the raw truth of what happens when you sexually assault someone or the chat, whatever it is. I mean, when we look at the ALO system now, we look at things like um, alcohol abuse and drug abuse and how when they're spoken about in the classroom form, they're repeated so many times, people stop listening, they stop responding. So how, as an educator, do you take something so serious and so impactful like uh, rape culture and teach it in such a way that it doesn't get redundant and that it's fully understood? You see, um, I think that, I think my team can agree with me. We've had multiple conversations as to why these things continue to happen, Mm. right? And I think that the biggest thing is that we're having a lot of conversations, but we're not seeing any change. And I think that in terms of the system, one thing that should definitely be done is after these conversations, schools, institutions, we should all get together and decide on solutions that can be made because at the end of the day, it's all good and well as being educated, it's all good and well as speaking about these things, but, but what is changing? And so I think that when we go out into the world and we have the solutions to the problem and we have addressed the situation and we have spoken about different opinions, we are able to recognize the issues and implement the solutions. Do you think change change is happening? I mean, if we look five years ago, do you think there has been a shift at all? (laughs) I don't. No. I think we've just just learned how to hide it and hide our... uh, (laughs) It's not as vocal. Nobody just talks about it anymore. It's turned into locker room talk. But five, ten years ago, people were comfortable with, like, just saying it out in the streets in front of whoever. I don't think anything has changed. We've just learned how to kind of put a facade of, nah, 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 we've, we're supporting each other, we've got each other, but nothing has changed. That's why we're still crying about the same thing every single day, because nothing has changed at all, in my opinion, I think. Um, I think that I can definitely agree with Mbali in that nothing has changed. And I think that another factor that has sort of changed the way that um, rape culture is um, handed out is the fact that at the end of the day, we have now been able to use our social media platforms in a way to spread the message. It's not that rape culture just all of a sudden came out of nowhere and it's not like people women and children and men who ever started being raped out of nowhere it's just that we started using our social media platforms to express the way that we feel about it it doesn't necessarily mean that it came out of nowhere 
Wow, Lorai, do you have anything to add? Um, I think, you know, because I'm such an idealist, I think we need to remember that change can be both, can be both positive and negative. Looking at how we used to interact with each other 10 years ago and where we are today, I think there definitely has been a change in the sense that we are seeing what's going on more. I mean, people are filming things like police brutality. People are participating in um, cancel culture, which we've had a conversation about, and it actually can be pretty positive um, when implemented correctly. So I do think that there is change. And I mean, this change is definitely taking us, it is bringing us forward. You know, it might be 0 0.5 steps forward, but we're still moving forward in the sense that people are being, people are becoming more conscious about this. People are aware of what the problem is. And that's the first step into implementing change. So there is change. It's very, very small. But, you know, we're moving in some direction. But what do you say to the people, I mean, especially the males that say, do better, gents, and they don't do better? You know, it's like they address the problem lightly and then continue to ignore it. Okay. Sorry, sorry, right. Nobody, take it, take it. I think with the guys that say do better, it's all words. You know, I think you can see when someone's intentions are genuine. It's with our generation, we literally all talk. We like to talk, talk, talk. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do that? Nah, gents, do better, do better. But what are they doing in their circles? How do they plan on doing better? Because personally, I'm tired of hearing the same thing. Nah, James, you just need to do better. No, bro, what are you doing? How are you going to do better? Use your your power, ex exercise your power correctly. Don't just talk because we're tired and it's, it's, it's the most exhausting thing to try. Educate these boys over and over again and hear the same thing and go through the same thing. Exactly. Sorry, how do you... How do you encourage your male friends to be in the front, in the front of this argument, in the front of this, like, in this fight against this constant problem? It, it, I keep going back to that same thing of um, we can all talk about it, but what are we actually doing? Which is, in fact, one of the first conversations I had about with Robin as well. I, I said, we can all sit down and talk about let's make change, let's make change till the day we die, right? But what change are we actually doing? Which is one of the things that encourage us to do unfiltered is we can talk about what the problem is. We have a structure as to how we deal with everything, right? Which is the same structure we apply when, when tackling any problem or on, on the live and off the live, right? Which is um, what is the problem? Who does it affect, right? Why does it affect them? And then how do we fix it, right? And this is the conversation we have with the public. And we go, okay, guys, what is the problem? The problem is rape culture. Why is it a problem? It's a problem because women don't feel safe anymore. Mm. Who does it affect? It affects women on a large scales. My daughter who isn't even born yet is scared, mm. right? So how, what are we doing to fix the problem? That's where the conversation needs to be led to, right? That we, we can go, yes, we want to change. Yes, we want to change. But Unfiltered is a platform where we just don't talk about it for the fun of it. After the conversation, we sit down all together and we go, okay, cool. So based on that conversation, how are we going to congregate later together, all together and go, okay, cool. We need to go to the IEB board or we need to sit down with 
all uh, security guards or all and go, this is what we're doing to fix the problem, mm-hmm. right? So my boys, right, can be my boys all they want, but we can't allow such things to happen that are wrong, right? So when rape culture happens and when any, when any locker room talk starts to come about, you have to educate your friends. You have to sit down and go, listen, Thomas, with all the love I have for you, you might be the smartest guy on planet Earth, but we don't do. And you get what I'm saying? That's, it's, it's calling your friends out when they do wrong, not just sitting there and allowing them to do wrong. As well. And essentially, I mean, one of the questions coming in from Nakisani is, you know, she's seeing a lot of seasonal seasonal feminists, you know, a lot of guys who during the spike and during when everybody else is talking, now I'm going to stand up. But when it kind of subsides, they kind of go back to the same old habits. Um, how, how, how can we avoid, you know, essentially being seasonal um, uh, feminists, but also not letting the conversations die? You know, honestly, when I first spoke to Vudi about this, um, this whole idea of unfiltered, we, we recognized that people only speak about things when it's at its, at its peak, right? Mm-hmm. And when something big happens, that's when people want to post about it. That's when people want to have an opinion about it. But like you said, like, what is, wh- why do people keep forgetting about it after a while, you know? And, the one thing that I always say is, you know, it didn't just end, right? Because after we had the big conversation in September and, you know. It didn't just end. It yes. didn't just end. You it guys just forgot about it. You forgot. It, it's, yeah, Robin, preach. And so at the end of the day, right, how do we continue these conversations, right? And I think that there are a lot of different things that are set in place in terms of unfiltered to make sure that these things do not die down. You know, we are working so hard every day to try and make sure that these things don't just die down. Um, And we have a lot of stuff coming up that we're so excited about. And we want to make sure that our community is just as excited as we are. Mm -hmm. And we need to make sure that in order for them to be as excited as we are about continuing these conversations, we need to use our platform that we are currently using to continue these conversations, right? So I think the only way to continue to have these conversations is by having them in con- um, just conversation, you know, like when you're speaking to your friends, like, do you guys speak about these things, right? Do you dismiss these kinds of things? What is said about these different topics, right? Because at the end of the day, like, change comes very very slowly and it can only happen in very intimate ways at first which initially would be in conversation so how do you speak to your friends how do you speak to your significant other about these things how do you speak to your parents about these things right and I think that the most important thing for me one thing that I have always wanted to do is to listen to people I've always had this passion for people and this passion for hearing people's stories hearing people's opinions and Mm. that's why I feel like for me unfiltered has been the best experience that I've had in my life because I do that every single day I wake up and I'm thinking about what other people are thinking about you know like today we are going live later tonight at 8 30 and I know that tomorrow when I wake up I'm going to still be thinking about what people said and how the solutions that are discussed tonight 
we can implement afterwards. Exactly. So that's the Unfiltered Youth Team. We're going to go to news now, but we're still carrying on these conversations. We're teaming up with the Social and Civic Awareness Committee to bring this to you. If you want to get in touch with us, please give us a call 011-083-8426. That number is on our website and app. Red Radio News. You're listening to Red Radio. This is Tucky and Thomas. So I'm going to get into some of your voice notes now. This is from Mohammed Mitha. Question one. Um, most, not most rapists, some rapists and some abusers um, are people that women have trusted. And previously it was said that you could tell if a person's intentions are pure. How? Mm. Um, as a woman, how do you find the bravery to trust a man with your body in... Um, a time like this. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what would you like to with you as a man, as a then dot in the group? Tell us. Um, uh, so just just to be clear, what exactly uh, is is? Uh, please just play Muhammad Mita's uh, voice note again. Let's 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 make sure I get this right. Yeah, of course. Question one, um, most, not most rapists, some rapists and some abusers um, are people that women have trusted. And previously it was said that you could tell if a person's intentions are pure. How? Um, as a woman, how do you find the bravery to trust a man with your body in um, a time like this? Yeah, because essentially what he's saying is he doesn't know, uh, you know, from a woman's perspective, how can you feel safe in a time like this? Can you actually ever feel safe? Personally, I still think that we can't feel safe. Women can't feel safe. Uh, it's, 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 I, you can't control every single guy. They are good guys and they are bad guys. And it's hard for women to tell the difference between who is good and who is bad, mm. who's actually here to help me and who's actually going to rape me. I, I, I wish there was a way for me to answer that question, but honestly, I, I don't have the right answer. I, I don't want to lie. Mbali? When I heard the question, I laughed a little bit because it's how, but do we trust? We don't. I personally don't. I think it's a very, it's a very, um, mm-hmm. It's a difficult question to answer. I don't trust anyone with my body. If I'm being very, it's it's not about how. If I'm being, I just don't. It's not something that I do because I'm so scared and I've been taught how not to get raped. Yeah. And um, I in, think, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll go. Yeah. And just in addition to what Mbali has said, if you have I feel like if you have once been violated by someone in which you trusted and someone who was supposed to protect you, when it comes to someone else, like a complete stranger that you meet, it makes it 10 times more difficult because it's like, this person was supposed to protect me. This person was supposed to make sure that this doesn't happen to me. And if they think it's okay to violate me and they know me personally, what stops this complete stranger from thinking it's okay too? So we really never feel safe. We always have our guard up. And it also just comes down to 
women always get taught not to get rape. It's never telling the man that do not rape, which also just makes us feel like, okay, so every time we don't trust people and we always need to ensure that we don't get raped. I mean, essentially, uh, and, and I had this conversation with Robin, and, and, and it makes so much, it's a question that, that I think about often. Who is our society failing? Is it our boys or is it our girls? Because essentially, no one is brought into this world being a rapist. But now you are seeing 12-year-olds in school who are raping girls in the bathroom. Who's to, who, who can we blame for that? We can blame society for that. I mean, how... Yeah. Not even. We've heard so many examples, like so many cases of women that have been raped by their own boyfriends in universities. Mm. Yeah, exactly. I, I just, who would like to comment? Because yeah, wow. Um, honestly speaking, I think we also have to look at the fact that this is a generational thing. You know, this has been happening even before we existed. So the question of who to blame is the system that we continue to live in. So, for example, I'll take the education one where we notice how the curriculum protects the boys, you know? And it's like, we never hold boys fully accountable for their actions. So instead, what we do is we teach women, okay, this is how you um, protect yourself in a situation. This is how you make sure you don't come off in a way that might intrigue the boy, you know, into wanting to do something that he shouldn't be doing, like Mbali has said. And back to the person's question about... um, how or who to know how to trust someone or whatever the case is the reality is you don't know who you're with until it's really dark you know Mm. so you will never really see someone's full intention unless they want you to see it you know so you there really is no answer to that question unfortunately that's human nature it's the same with what Mbali was saying about how we can't necessarily or I agree with Mbali about not being able to open up you know or not trusting because we don't that's the reality but we still move you know that's the thing about life is that we're continuously moving and as women Mm. regardless of how you may feel regardless of your your beliefs or your thoughts and etc this is a continuous process so through it all i guess it's just being able to try and survive and make it through this whole life thing you know regardless of what life throws at you because that's the reality of this thing so unfortunately yeah and i don't i don't see the government playing any role in helping this i mean just two weeks ago uh, 20,000 inmates were released from Pretoria Prison. Maybe not all of them were um, rapists, but, you know, there may be chances that they are. I mean, how do we, how can we, I mean, essentially, if we look at, at, at cancel culture, I mean, we had Emma Sadler, who's a social media lawyer on here on Wednesday, and she said, essentially, okay, according to the law, um, you Cancel culture is illegal unless the person is being found guilty of this. But she's, you know, furthermore, the conversation carried on to say, but actually, you know, in our country, these people aren't even going to get prosecuted, let alone spend adequate time in jail. Um, I think whilst you're on that one, right, um, I, there's, I, I, we, we need to acknowledge that um, cancel culture, well, how I see cancel culture, and, and, and I, I, I have a... I have this thing where I apply when it comes to situations such as rape culture, where it's you're guilty till proven innocent, right? Uh, social media and society will prove you guilty till you're proven innocent, mm. right? There's nothing you can do about that. That's what allows cancel culture to be cancel culture, 
Personally, cancel culture needs to continue, right? We need to call out the ones that are doing the wrong, right? Because how else are our fellow female friends, sisters, mothers going to feel safe and know that it's okay to, you know, trust the boy that's just smiling at you? Because is he smiling at me because he wants to be nice or is he smiling at me because he wants to rape me, right? That's, the, you need to, it's, it's hard to, to differentiate between who's the right guy and who's the wrong guy. And then there's, of course, the different level of men in power who just aren't doing anything. I remember seeing, I don't know if it was Zapiro who did it. It was cartoon, um, um, the cartoon, um, what's it? whatever you're going to call it, right? And it was, it was saying uh, that uh, no matter, there were new laws put in place for um, rapists, right? And it was a, a woman in handcuffs, uh, a man in handcuffs, I mean, right? And he was chasing a woman with a bat and he was still beating her. Although that he, although he's handcuffed, no, nothing changes, and we need to acknowledge that, right? Is the justice system can do only so much because once they get released, as you just said, Thomas, how many people were released? Twenty thousand. Twenty thousand people were released, and you're telling me not one of them is gonna go home and beat their wives again? I'm just asking. I'm, 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 I'm just asking. Like it's wrong. We all acknowledge it's wrong, but do we see where the problem is? Or am I am I alone in this one? Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yes, Robin, please continue. <laughs> um, okay, so I think the thing that we need to remember about cancel culture is that it's a cry for help. It's a cry for help from society. It's a cry for help from the youth. It's our only. It is it is our only way of making sure that those around us are safe by creating awareness about who the rapists amongst us are, it is protecting other people, right? And so at the end of the day, the reason that we've taken to social media, and that's something that we need to continuously remember is why is cancel culture such a big deal in our society? And it's purely because we have nowhere else to go. We feel as if the justice system has Say it. Yes, yeah. the justice system has failed us in so many ways. And so we feel like our only way to protect the females around us is by going to social media and coming out with our stories. And the thing is, like Vudi was saying, in my eyes as well, they are guilty until proven innocent. And that is purely because in my eyes, the way that I see it is that if I was ever in a situation like that, touch wood, I would want to be believed. I would not want to be called a liar for something that is so traumatic. And at the end of the day, you know, it's very important that these sensitive things are being spoken about. And it's at the end of the day, right? We, like, it's so, 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 so traumatic for some people to have to go to court for these things. It's so hard to look at their rapist the person that raped them again because at the end of the day that's that's traumatic that is traumatic but i was i'm just very curious are we building a community and a society that teaches people the like how to authentically understand when someone says no because people was like she said no but you know she means yes or people will will turn your words into something that they aren't. So are, are we as a society 
building um, authentic consent, are we? I think we've started, not that we've started, it's always been something where, you know, you will find people who do preach continuously, who do repost these posts that say, um, you know, no means no. And that's what we're trying to portray that message to say that this is something that's real, you know, content is a real thing. And it all roots down to entitlement because boys have always been taught that they'll get whatever they want to get, you know, in this universe or in this lifetime, because society works towards the male, you know, in most cases. So when boys go, or if a girl goes, I said, no, you know, with boys, it's like, maybe she's just playing hard to get. So I'm going to push it because they have this installed mindset that they're entitled to anything that they want, regardless of how someone else feels. And that's the problem. So we are, I think we are, or we've tried portraying that foundation of saying, listen, guys, this is consent. And no genuinely means no. It doesn't mean convince me. It doesn't mean A, B, C, D, you know. So it comes back to that whole conversation that Vidhi and Mbali and Robin were touching on about communication. Like within your friendship groups, make sure you're teaching boys that women don't owe you anything. You know, if a woman is saying no, she's genuinely saying no because she wants to say no, not because she's trying to turn you on by being hard to get and all of this stuff. So, yeah, I think that's I, something we also need to look into. I think this is a not a difficult one, but I don't fully understand why someone doesn't get a no. I'm sure we learned that was like, N-O spells no. As kids, that was our favorite line. Yeah. We can't say now we need to take it upon ourselves and teach our friends, hey, this is no. And when someone says no, this is what it means. First, I swear it was one of the first 10 words that we learned. I don't know how, what do we need to do as a society? I'm tired. Like as a girl, I am tired of explaining what no means. No is a full sentence to me. I don't know Mm. what else must we show you? Must we push back? Like we do that and you still continue to harm us. I don't know how to explain what no means. I really, I really actually don't because I think it's so self-explanatory. How do you continue to harm someone when they're screaming and shouting and saying no? How is that a turn on? So I don't know what we can do as a society to make sure that people understand what no means. Yeah, and, and you when you were four, you surely did learn that when you were four. You know right from wrong. When someone is screaming, they're not enjoying whatever you're doing to them, and a different, like they'll be moaning, whatever the case may be. They are, but they're not. Someone is screaming, stop. I don't. I think. I think I another thing that we need to touch on whilst you're there, buddy, is that a lot of men don't know that it's wrong and, until they're actually called out. Because when we flash back on it, it oh no, she just liked it rough. And, and that's not, that's what we're trying to break. Yeah. If I'm making sense, right? That's yeah. where we have problems with men that are, I don't know if it is ignorance. I don't know what to call it. Maybe you guys can help me, right? But they just don't accept it. And they don't feel like they're rapists until someone actually calls them out and it definitely can't be the person they were doing it to. Oh dear Lord, no, it can't. They, that just, that's not how it works in their heads, right? It has to be someone else. It has to be Twitter. It has to be on a, on a large platform where they go, okay, maybe this is wrong. So is it that we aren't communicating or is it that people just don't want to listen unless it's publicized? 
Exactly. Uh, and, okay. and a question that has just come through now, I mean, uh, can someone give silent consent? I mean, silent consent. Uh-uh. No, no. Mm-mm. Body language? Um, Maybe. Maybe that's not here. What is yeah, silent? I was about <laughs> to say that. I was about to um, talk um, on what Ducky was saying about uh, body language. Surely you should see if someone is uncomfortable with what you're doing. Like, obviously, this is the part where I'm not saying like I fully agree with, I, I didn't understand the term when you first said it, but the immediate thing that came to mind was, if I'm uncomfortable, you will see my shoulders rise. You will see my body not necessarily responding in its natural form. That should be the first sign. That should necessarily tell you that, okay, something is wrong here. And then you proceed to ask, are you comfortable? Are you okay? You know, and then this is where the person will be like, no, please back off. And that's where you should take it. But I don't think people should, how do I even word this? I, I don't even know. Like, truly and honestly speaking like Mbali has said we've been taught these things like guys come on surely you can tell when someone is not having a good mm-hmm. time especially if it's someone that you know you know what I mean if I can see my friend's face drop from when they were happy five minutes ago that should tell me something I, I don't think it's it's depth things it's literally surface level honestly speaking I body language for me is very tricky and it's very, very dangerous because we can say, um, no, 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 she pushed back. That means she doesn't want it. But then to a rapist, they'll use that same excuse to be like, nah, but she looked like she wanted it. Basing anything on body language is so tricky. That's why I think it's important for someone to say it, not just show you that they don't want it, to show you that they want to have sex with you. I think body language is just a place that we shouldn't go because we'll take it like, no, 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 she doesn't look like she wants it. But you don't know how whoever, whoever, Leander Borto is going to take it and be like, no, 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 she looked like, but she didn't. Yeah, and, and, and I wanted to know, can, does it, it has to be an enthusiastic yes, rather. Definitely. I feel all like the right. one thing that we all need to remember, right, is that at the end of the day, you cannot take my yes as a yes if you coerced me into it coercion is a big it plays a very big role in rape culture because at the end of the day right because you begged and guys (laughs) let me just say this as it is if you are begging me that's already a no if i say yes after you have begged me that is coercion, right? At the end of the day, for me personally, I don't think that silent consent is a thing because what is that? Me nodding, that's not a yes. How did I nod my head? You see, this is the thing, like, it's so complicated when it comes to something like consent for some people, apparently. Because yeah. at the end of the day, like, if I'm not saying yes, if the words did not come out of my word, out of my mouth and I was coerced, if I was coerced and I said yes, that means no. If I was, if I said yes and I was not coerced, that means yes. Yeah, we on the line now is David Karayuki. David, what do you want to comment? Hi, hi guys. Firstly, this is a really great conversation. Um, I just wanted to go back to Woody's point where he spoke about um, like men not necessarily knowing what they're doing is wrong. Um, and for me, I completely 
I'm not sure exactly if that's what he said, but I completely disagree with that notion. Um, I think every single human being, man or woman, knows exactly what they're doing in that moment. Uh, I think every man knows that it's wrong to rape, but I think it's about power. Again, I think that rape is about power, and I think that rape is about, as Larai said, um, you know, trying to assert yourself and uh, trying to take control of a situation. So, yeah, I really don't think that, that men think that they're not doing anything wrong. Could I could I add to this and ask a question? What about the, sure. the boys at home that are taught that their sisters have to serve them? That you know, their their girl, the girls in the house are there to, you know, to help them because they are the boys yeah. and I am the girls. How do you educate people that come from such um, households or uh, any yeah. tradition in that manner? How do, how do you educate? Yeah. So obviously I don't have all the answers, but from me, if I'm ever, you know, thinking about having children one day and you're, you're asking me that question, how am I going to educate my kids? Um, my answer would just simply be to teach my boys that they are of equal value to their female counterparts, you know? And I think it goes, as you said, like people from a really young age, I think it goes all the way back. I, I know in a lot of households, men are supposed to, you know, they have less responsibility within their household. Uh, than the female to get things done and to do things. And I think, again, that does assert a sense of you have a superiority or you have a right. So I, I do agree with you there. Um, yeah, so I think it's just about teaching young boys to respect women. But at the same time, I still don't think that we could do that all we want and we could speak about that all we want. I still think that it comes down to that human being wanting to take power. You know what I mean? Like, I'll... Yeah, it's. It, I think it's just a problem. Um, I just like. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Robert. I just, I just want to quickly ask David. David, how are you? Yeah, good. How are you, man? I'm good. I just wanted to ask you a question. So, if every guy knows that it's wrong, what is rape? Uh, when you correct rape, uh, when you're correcting rape, uh, when a girl is lesbian and then they rape her because she's lesbian and they're trying to make her straight again because it's wrong. When they rape boys because he's gay and he should be straight. What is it when a transgender man or changes to a female, whatever the case may be, is correct raping? Uh, do they know what they're doing? Is that what you're saying? Okay, so um, I, you're breaking up a little bit. Thomas, would you just mind telling me what he says? So essentially, um, Woody, Woody was, was, was touching on the point that um, if men are raping women, if they are raping lesbians because they want to convert, um, how, I mean, how can you say that they know that it's wrong? Okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Because what, what, what you're saying, right, correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're saying is that mm -hmm. every single man knows what they do, right? So when a man decides to rape a gender woman, right, in the idea of saying that they want to correct them because and she needs to be straight, if he is, mm -hmm. does he straight because from where he comes from, from his home, right? Yeah. Okay, so... Where I'm coming from is I think that that, that human being intrinsically, intrinsically knows what they're doing is wrong, but their need for power and their need to assert their right over another human being's body overwhelms that. 
but I guess where I'm coming from is I think that every every human being knows that raping someone is wrong, but again, their desire for power and their desire to assert themselves over someone else takes precedence. Robin, you wanted to respond to what David was saying. Yeah, so uh, firstly, hi David, how are you? Hey, good, how are you, Rob? I'm good, thanks. Um, so personally, I agree with you. Um, I think that no matter what the circumstance is, whether they know that it's right or wrong, they still understand the power dynamic. Um, I think that whether it is correctional raping, um, I think that the reason that these kinds of things happen is because they they are trying to take away that person's power within their sexuality, right? So so I, I, I personally agree with you. I, I think that everyone who is a rapist knows what they are doing. Okay, there we go. I've got another question coming in. Let's just Wait, get... Just be- oh, just yes, yes, we... of course, of course. I'd like... Lorai's been trying to say something for the past eight minutes and I've <laughs> seen you, so just... <laughs> um, I think... Um, thank you for the question, David. I want to go a bit... Um, to. I want to go back to the beginning of what you were saying. And, um, in, like, immediately when you started speaking, I thought of um, the sustainable development goal number five which is gender equality and i think what we need to remember is that gender equality is not only about women gender equality is about both genders or um genders that um are feminine or masculine right and when we think about this we need to remember that when we are educating children when parents are educating their children when they're um raising them essentially you need to raise your children equally in the sense that both boys and girls need to know that rape is wrong you mustn't only teach a girl that a boy isn't allowed to touch you there you must teach a boy that number one no one is allowed to touch you there as well you know when you're teaching kids about these things and also say you're not allowed to do this because when you teach them from that young age they grow and they understand that okay number one this girl, my sister, or my female counterpart is equal to me in the sense that we're both taught the same things, but also that they understand from a very young age that it's wrong. My second point is that, um, you know, especially when we look at children, right? When a child does something wrong, it's, I'll use the example of a lie. When a child lies, they know that it's a lie. But we have this thing which um, we call them white lies, where, you know, they, they're lies, but they're not really bad. At the end of the day, it is bad. At the end of the day, you have still lied. And I think that's what rapists um, tend to do, you know, as and people that perhaps, you know, participate in something like that. It's a thing of, okay, yeah, I know it's bad, but, like, it's not that bad. I mean, you know, it's just sex yeah okay she didn't really say yes but you know she's like uh so to be quite honest there isn't really a gray area with consent and we honestly overcomplicate it there's no such thing as a gray area with consent because you can see if a person is saying yes 
or no, whether or not they voice it vocally or with their um, body. You can still see if someone wants to do something or not. You're the one that is applying a gray area. So we need to understand that that's the first, that's the first thing. We need to demystify these gray areas and understand that, no, this person is actually not doing anything wrong. And number two, kids need to be educated from a young age to be equal. They need to be treated as equals. There we go. Um, I'm going to try and get through as many um, questions as I can. Um, we are going to extend this until quarter past. If that's okay with everybody, we'll be bringing DJ Pyro on at quarter past. Um, another question coming in. Hello there. I just wanted to ask a question that I think is very relevant to us now because we do drink. We do go clumsy we go clubbing so there's this question does alcohol justify rape obviously it doesn't but if if not then why why doesn't it justify because i think that's what people are i've I've read so many articles saying oh my gosh i was drunk i wasn't knowing what i was doing it was a mistake so yeah okay cool um okay so I think that the reason that some people might see someone being drunk or under the influence as sort of like an excuse, right? Um, I think that the one thing to remember is that alcohol and other substances do cloud your mind and they do change the way that you think about things and the way you see things, right? Um, and I think that at the end of the day, you cannot, or yeah, you cannot try and um, have sex with someone that is under the influence and expect the same enthusiasm as they would have when they are sober, right? But um, just, I'm going to go back to that incident that everybody knows about with a certain somebody that everybody knows about. Um, I'm not going to say names. Please don't say names. Don't say schools. We don't want to get sued. You know who I'm talking about. And <laughs> I was just wondering when, when someone is under the influence and their friends see them doing certain things, right? How, um, how do you address it as a friend? Like how, how do you say, Hey, when you're under the influence, you're not a very nice person or you don't treat girls the same that you do that you when you aren't under the influence. Do you know what I mean? So I just wanted to ask that question. I guys, those questions these kind of questions are so weird to me. I think they're so weird because they're so easy to understand for me. You know, I why it's just the weirdest why you know that when someone's drinking or when they're they're under the influence of whatever they're not in the right state of mind. Why do you even think about doing anything with them? Or it's, I'll never, ever, ever understand why we need to explain to grown people what no means and what's wrong from right. Exactly. I mean, I don't think people who, I mean, there are a lot of people, I mean, uh, you know, that, that, that drink alcohol, but now suddenly that now becomes an excuse. I mean, those people who are going to drink would probably or, or, or do this, would think about doing the same act, even if they weren't under the influence. I think those type of people are those type of people, you know. <laughs> Definitely. So 
Zawadi, would you like to comment? Yeah, I've been, thank you. <laughs> so I, I just want to add on to, to, to the question. Thank you um, um, to the person that brought through the question, right? Just why are we drink? Why not not drinking? Why are we um, engaging in any sexual interaction with any part with your partner when you're intoxicated? Yes, it's heat of the moment, but if you are underage or if she's underage, you're looking for trouble. Even if she's not, you're still looking for trouble. Stir away from having such intercourse. Uh, it's let's both be sober. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to get around to. Is can we just both be sober and indulge in our moment without any... <laughs> do, you get, do you get what I'm saying? I know the viewers are, are dying of laughter right now, but it's, it's a serious thing. Because here's my problem, right? There are people that will get you drunk in order to rape you. And those are the people we need to watch out for, right? Those are the people we need to go, okay, cool. I'm not drinking or I'm not getting into any car or any room with anyone because I'm scared of guys like you. Like you who are going to do this to me the second I get drunk. These are the guys I'm running away from. But the guys that I'm not uh, running away from, the guys that just want to drink and we go home and we're all peaceful, I go to my bed, you go to yours. Everybody's happy. I'll catch you tomorrow when we're both sober and we can. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I have a question. Sorry. So say you're with you, you're, you've been dating whoever, whoever for however long and you're both under the influence. Not drunk, but tipsy and how do is it still a i just want to know how you feel about that if you avoid 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 avoid. (laughs) it's times like these that you go okay cool uh because you see where the problem comes in is if i'm not going to uh go to the club let's say i'm a girl right i'm going to the club right I get drunk and this boy goes, hey, come with me. No. And then, you know, everything is great. It's great. I'm too drunk to take, uh, to actually acknowledge everything that's happening. Then things escalate and they get worse to a point where we're all sitting here and we're like, how do we, um, I, I, I want to say no, but I, I'm trying to say no. And so if we just avoid, avoid, avoid such a situation, I, I personally think we look at a better, I'm not saying don't drink, guys, because we all know everyone's got a drink, right? But rather, what I'm saying is just avoid, avoid getting into situations uh, in, in, in times of, 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 of um, furthering your sexual life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to, um, yeah. Right. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. Um, just a little bit of a more serious turn on that. Um, I definitely think that sometimes, you know, if you are younger and you're surrounded by older people um, and you are under the influence, sometimes, you know, like it can sometimes be, it can cloud your judgment even more if they're older and they're saying things to you like, you know, like, I've never been with someone your age, you're different, you're mature, you're this, you're that, you know, like, at the end of the day, your mind is comprehending that in a different way, your mind is going to comprehend that in a way in which you think that you're special, you think that you are the bee's knees, right, but at the end of the day, like, that is predatory, that is very, very predatory, like, someone taking, someone older than you, taking advantage of you, 
and when you're under the influence, you know, like that is predatory. And we need to remember that. Yeah. Okay, so I've got about 500 voice notes, calls flooding in. Um, but I'm going to play one last one um, for you. And if, if we could get a response from this. Um, as a boy with two younger sisters and as, and as a boy who would want to have children in the future, what lessons are essential that I teach um, my, my sons, my daughters, and what must I talk to my sisters about to ensure that I don't allow this issue to perpetuate this toxic masculinity? Yo, I mean... Okay, um, um, we, guys, we need to stop. We need to stop saying we need to teach our daughters and we need to teach the actual rapists, right? Because we, we, we've tried it for years, right? Um, the educational system has tried for years on correcting girls and saying, your skirt is too short, that's why you're getting raped. That's not the problem, guys. Let's all acknowledge it now. It's about time we actually acknowledge that her skirt has nothing to do with why she got raped, yeah. right? So can I... Muhammad, um, personally, I, I, I know for a fact I'm not going to raise my daughter saying you're the problem, but rather the problem is out there, right? And that's where the problem is. And I, as your father, am trying to do everything to make sure that every single person around you is the best for you, right? Because you're not the problem, sweetheart. You've never been the problem. Yeah. If I'm making sense. Exactly. Robin, you, you oh. wanted to, to... Oh, yes, or in Bali, whoever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, honestly speaking, uh, Woody summed it up, but I think that another very, very, very important thing that we need to remember, right, is that people get very, very emotional and start to really connect with this topic when we start to hear stories. I know, um, the, the week that we were covering rape culture and cancel culture on, uh, the unfiltered youth, you know, hearing stories, it really put everything into perspective because those stories were coming from people in our community. They were coming from people that are part of the youth. Right. And so I'm not saying that everyone must like, we must all have like a a CD that we play for our kids in the car. Like that's definitely not what I'm saying, but what I'm saying is that we need to educate our kids on the seriousness of the situation. Right. Because at the end of the day, like, people will be more like people, no one wants to be lectured, right? At the end of the day, people want to be educated and not lectured, right? And so the way to educate people, I believe, is by telling stories, right? I know like as a kid and still now, I would much rather sit in history than in biology because I like stories, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that is the way. It's by letting our kids know, our future kids know, our little sisters and our little brothers know that this is actually something that it, it for a long time i thought that like rape was something that was so far from me i thought that it was something that would never happen to me and i it's not that far it's very close it's it's within our community yeah, and finally, I mean, you know, we, we've been having these conversations and I think we could carry on for hours and hours and hours, but you guys are carrying on. Um, so you're going to be on tonight, right? 
Um, um, yeah, so tonight we are going to be talking about racism, colorism, privilege, the N-word, trying to find solutions for these things. Um, and yeah, I think it will be a really, really productive session that we're going to have tonight. And I'd really appreciate it if everyone listening uh, could come and join us on at the Unfiltered Youth at 8.30 tonight. Brilliant. Wow, I think because it's we're running a little bit over time, I think it's time that we kind of conclude. Is there anything that you would like to say to people that are listening and maybe a little short, sweet, um, don't do and do for the the males out there that are listening to the show? Well, um, I think I think we should start off by saying uh, thank you for bringing us onto the show. I think Alcove as well as Ben Filtered, uh, is, we're very, very happy to have been a part of this. We will continue doing our due diligence by uh, uh, trying to fix the problem, right? Uh, but we need everyone else to play their part as well. We can't do this on our own. We need everyone that is around us we need conversations like these to continue to happen we need people to support our campaign and go okay cool what are we actually doing to make a difference it can't just end here because i think if we are going to continue speaking and continue trying to do right it won't make a difference if we don't have the support of the youth themselves so um yeah brilliant thank you so much for joining us that has been red radio today um, Taki, we'll be back on next week, same time, same place. Now we're going to be going into DJ Pyro. He's got his set ready and waiting.